Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hey, people. Welcome again to a Monday on Sound City Radio. And this is Church by your true friend, better known as Will. Uh, uh, now, today, right, is Martin Luther King's birthday, as well as my father's birthday. He was born January 15th. So this is going to be a special day, not only for y'all, but for me. And um, I plan on listening intently to what's going to be coming from my anointed special guests and speakers. And one of them is Minister Calvin Myers. And the best thing about life is when you know that thing is going to be going good for you and you know things is going to move forward for you, the devil always try to do things to take you off your mark. So how do you stay alert? How do you stay focused? How do you stay on point? Trust in the Lord, y'all. So I'm going to let it fly by letting y'all dial this number, 724-444-7444. Put that PIN number in, 143-906-POUND. Then push one pound into the show and start at the top. This is church. And I'm going to let Minister Calvin Myers bless y'all with the topic. But I'm just going to get y'all a little bit into the zone by letting this play. We do apologize. The music is coming in a little low at this time, uh, so we apologize for that, people. I guess what they call it, we having some technical problems. So I think what I want to do is 
we want to just move forward to the next session of what we need to do. Uh, so at this time, what I want us to do is just just want to offer up a prayer to the Lord right now. Uh, Father, in the name of Jesus, uh, we ask God that you would watch over us and keep us, give us word of understanding in the name of Jesus, Lord. We pray, God, that you will move by your spirit, speak to the hearts of those who are tuning in, those who are going to come on and hear also, and those who may hear things. God, in the name of Jesus, bring in every wonder in mind. Bring back every scripture, Lord. Bring back every word, Lord, every insight, every revelation. In the name of Jesus, beat back the forces of darkness. Tear down stronghold, God. Break down principalities and the warfare that we war in every. God, we need a word from you, a rhema word, to build us up, to encourage us, Lord, all of us, God. We need you like never before, God. Lord, when we have no understanding of what's going on around us, Lord, when we can't seem to see the end of the tunnel, God, show us what to do. We're seeing more than what we ever want to see, and we're hearing more than what we ever want to hear. But, God, we need a rhema word from you, God. When we open your words, let your word come out like fire to us, Lord. Let it stick to our spirit, God. Minister to us. Burn up everything that's not like the principal fire in the name of Jesus. Every every hindrance in the name of Jesus, God. Have your way in our lives, God. God, we need to hear from you in the name of Jesus, Lord. Have your way in our life, Lord. Ah, God, we need to hear from you, God. Pray that in us. In the name of Jesus, God. God, we ask for deliverance, God. In the name of Jesus, we need the liberty that you might move by your spirit in our hearts, Lord, and do a new thing in us, God. In the name of Jesus, God, we thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for what you said you would do, God. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we ask that you will have your way. Hallelujah. I just thank God for being here today to have this opportunity just to share with you. Uh, This is a a day-to-day appointing as a holiday for a great man, a leader in our time that was on this earth, Dr. Um, Martin Luther King. And we thank God for his life. And they set aside this day to celebrate the life, the legacy that that great man left behind, what he did for us as all race and ethnicity of people, not just for the black people, but for everybody. And we see how as we continue to move further into the future, how what he did back then is really benefiting a lot of people. And sometime in our lives, we may have setbacks. Things may happen as generation arise, one fall and one come up, a new generation come up, and a new generation fade away. We've seen that sometimes what we tried to do to launch forward can be a, we might take two steps back, but we continue to move forward. And with that said, I want to go into the depths of the word of God. One of the things that I realized that Martin Luther King did like was the word of God. He did. He, he loved the word of God. And so, one other thing I want to go into, because I want to be a blessing to you and to everybody that's listening, and maybe I hope that this will enlighten you and it will encourage you. I want you to go to the book of, I think it was Second Chronicles, chapter 16. And I want to show you some things. I really want to show you some things 
because I think it's imperative that you might see these things. And uh, as God continues to just speak to us and share things, I want to bring out a verse. This is something that happened between two kings at that time, but I'm not going to talk about the kings. I want to go into this verse of what was said by the prophet to this king. Verse six, Second uh, Chronicles chapter sixteen, verse nine. It said, "For the eyes of the Lord go to run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show Himself strong on the behalf of those, behalf of them. I'm sorry, whose heart is perfect toward Him. Herein thou hast done foolishly. Therefore, from henceforth you shall have war." Now this is the word, but I want to pick, piggyback on the scene and focus on. This part right here. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, not just Philadelphia, not Dallas, not California, not Seattle, not just New York, but the whole earth, not just Israel, all over. God is looking for something. And what is he looking for? To show himself strong. Who, not us, himself strong on the behalf of those whose heart, the word heart and spirit, is perfect towards him. Not talking about works because people can work you underneath the table when it comes to work. This is not what God is talking about. When God deals with a perfect heart, he's talking about a spirit. In most cases, when Jesus walked the earth, they missed Jesus because every time Jesus opened his mouth, he was speaking in terminology of the spiritual realm they saw natural. For an example, he said, tear down this temple and I'll build it back up in three days. They thought it was a building. He was talking about his, his body. Here's another example. Except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part of me. They were thinking about literally his flesh, cannibalism. He was talking about the wine and, and the bread that we eat, which we find out at the Last Supper to this day we call it communion. So there are things that Jesus would say that people took it literally, but he was speaking spiritually. So when we're dealing with this topic of a leader, when God chooses a leader, we're talking about when God, not people, we talk about God, not your brother, God, not your sister, God, not your parents, God, because your parents can miss God. The prophet can miss God. Your brother can miss God. The people in the church can miss God. God is something. He's something. I'm telling you, when he's ready to choose, no one can say, what in the world are you doing? You can't choose that person because we don't like them. They're not smart enough. They don't look handsome enough. They don't have the money. Ask yourself the question, what is it that makes the leader? I'm not talking about a title. Most of us singing a title. Get titles out your mind. Get the fivefold ministry out your mind. What is it that makes a leader? We've seen in the sports world the one who can play the best, we make him or her the leader. We see it in educational status quote when you got a degree, the smartest one, we make them the leader. But that don't qualify you as a leader neither. We've seen in the natural world, the world, the one that looks like he's a leader, we say like Samuel, just got to be the one. God tells us men look on the outward appearance, but I don't. I look at his heart. It's not that people tell you I'm a good leader. 
It don't work like that. It's when God validates what the leader he's looking for. There are times when God will show you his purpose in your life when you're younger, like Samuel. And then there are times when God may show you his purpose for your life when you're 80, like Moses. Now, I've been around friends, and God bless their heart. They always say you should be old enough to know where God is leading you at by now. I disagree. That's not scripture. Because nobody really knows what their purpose is until God reveals it to them. Sometimes God can reveal it to you when you're young, like Samuel, he can call you. Sometimes God can reveal it to you when you're old, like Moses, he can call you. Sometimes God can let it be known before you're born, like John the Baptist, or before you're born, like Samson. It depends on what God needs you to do. <laughs> we got to get out of this box frame that we think that we got God figured out. We don't. Let me say that again. None of us have God figured out. But one thing we do understand, when God chooses a leader, he messes with all of us. He messes with all of us. If Samuel had his way, he was about to pour the oil on the oldest brother of Jesse's son, David's brother, Jesse's son. God said that's not him. And you got to be careful when we try to say this is the anointed one. The only anointed one is Christ. That's why his name is Jesus the Christ. That word Christ means anointed. The anointed one. The anointed one. The Christ. Thou art the Christ. You are the anointed one. So when we look at when God uses leaders, it's not in his intellect. It's not because he got the nice cars and he got money. That don't mean he's a leader. And a lot of times we think God is with people because they are prospering financially. You can be a genius and know how to make dollars hand over fist, but still in a messed up position when it comes to your relationship with God. That has absolutely nothing to do with God being with you. Nothing. You know how to make money. You got devils out here that know how to make money. People just know how to cap it. They make money. They got the economic thing going on. They know how to make money. But that don't mean that they are the leader. However, when God looks for the leader, it's the process of things. Everybody say that to yourself, process. When God began to look for the leader, he began to develop your spirit, your character. It doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. But you do understand when God deals with you, he began to make you to a place where your heart is softened enough that he can shape it and mold it to what he wants to. Like clay, when you first get the clay, it's real hard. So you got to start smashing it and mushing it down and making it tender. When the leader is being developed, there are some criteria that God has left for the leader. If you have your Bible, let's go to the book of Proverbs chapter 3 because there is a standard that God developed for us that he want to take us to. I want to welcome all of you who are here and those of you who are coming on. We talk about when God chooses a leader. I'm Brother Calvin here. I just want to share some things with you. And if you want to call in, just uh, push, uh, I believe it's uh, star eight, and you should be able to come on in and hear what we're talking about if you want to say something. We'd love to hear what you have to say. Here is the criteria that makes a leader in God's eyes, one of the criteria. 
Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind it upon thy neck. Write it upon the table of your heart. So shall you find favor and good understanding in the sight of God. Y'all hear that? Amen. How do you do that again? Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Binding upon your neck, write it upon the table of your heart. In other words, embrace this thing. Bring in mercy and truth. You got to want to be a merciful person and have truth in your spirit. Truth means when you know what's right and what's wrong and you obey it. A lot of times we can see what's right and what's wrong and we don't obey it. Bind it upon your neck. Write it upon the table of your heart. The only thing you should ever be bind up with, what the book of Proverbs is telling us is, with mercy and truth. There's a lot of things people are bind up with. That's why I say we're not talking about titles and positions, because you can have titles and positions be bind up with a lot of junk. That don't mean you're a leader. You could be gifted in teaching, and you could teach to the stars sing. You can preach to the heavens. They sway, and the trees rock backwards and forth, and the birds sing. That don't mean you're a leader. The leader must be one that has mercy and truth. You get what I'm saying? And write it upon the table of your heart. So shall you find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Think about those two words, favor, good understanding. A lot of people talk about favor. They don't want good understanding. A lot of people talk about favor. They don't want mercy and truth. Favor comes with a price. A lot of time when you look at things, you, you can't go to the next level of you can't go to high school until you first go through elementary school. There's a process of things that developing you, getting you ready for where you are heading at. I'm going to say some names to you, and I want you to think about when it comes to these men as leaders. And God spoke highly of these men. Think about this. One of the men is Moses. Moses. The Bible said, now this man Moses was the meekest man throughout all the earth. Moses. Watching sheep. Should have been a prince in Israel, but watching sheep. And he's seen the burning bush. Forty years have gone by when God was shaping and molding this man's heart. God bragged on Moses. He was a friend of God that God can talk with him. And God used him miraculously with miracles. His appearance was incredible. God has never revealed himself like that, that we know of on record to any other man. He said he talked about talked to Moses face to face. It's interesting how God talked to people face to face, not in dreams and visions. Most of us, he may deal with us in dreams and visions, but with Moses, it was face to face. You think about how Moses is. He was a peacemaker to the poor. Moses didn't want no trouble. When he had a problem with Korah, he wanted to talk and reason it out with Korah. Korah didn't want to meet with Moses. He went back into his prayer chain. Moses didn't say to Korah, do you know who I am? Korah, didn't you see the Red Sea I opened up? Korah, didn't you see the flag that came on Israel when I spoke? You better get down here to this meeting. You want me to strong arm you? Do I need to remind you what power I got? Moses didn't go into that with Korah. When Korah, his cousin, rebelled against him and didn't want to have a meeting, Moses went back into praying. 
How many of us can do that? Think about that. Or will we use our ability, our power, to let you know I'm the big dog? And when I say jump, you say ha ha. I am the cat meow and the dog bow wow. There is a level that you got to be careful of when you're riding this wind and moving into leadership with God that is called ego and pride. There's a difference between the ego and the pride. The ego, they similar. They just It's like they're just about the same thing. But it's something about that ego and pride. They both, they ride the same wing, but they, they come out different ways. Your ego is, I ain't going to be outdone by them. Do you know when you play sports, you got to have an ego about yourself? Otherwise, you won't be able to win in some sports. I'm telling you, it pushes you to the edge because your ego got hurt or you're not going to let that happen that way. Pride is, who do you think you're talking to? I, I don't, listen, don't serve me that like that. I went out to dinner with people. And you really want to know how people are? You go out to dinner with them. Let them bring them back something that's not there, but that food is not all the way cooked. You'll be saying, sitting next to them, which way went the Holy Ghost? Because they ain't going to be the same person you saw speaking in tongues. Why are you bringing me this? I don't want this. Take this back. I'm not even going to pay for this. You will see the ugliness of it. The only thing the waitress is doing is moving it from one place to another. They didn't cook it. Well, you don't give the waitress a hard way to go. You say, excuse me, ma'am or sir, this is not cooked. Can you please take this back and see if they can cook it the way I need to or give me something different, please? Because people are watching. You will be surprised what's inside of you. All of us got this thing about us that we need to get closer to God. I, I, I believe that this year I shared with the men when we said men's fellowship that we should all study the book of Proverbs. Notice, I didn't say read it. I say study it. Line upon line, precept upon precept. Study it. Look up those words. Study the book of Proverbs for each day. It's too late to go back to one. Right now, we're on what? The 15th day? Start with today. Tonight. Open up Proverbs. You may get the three or four verse if you really get good in studying in it as you keep going. It depends. But look through it and study up what each, look up the reference of what each one of those words are saying in the book of Proverbs. I guarantee you your wisdom will grow because Proverbs is the mind of God. It teaches us how God thinks. It teaches us the passion of God. It shows us what's important to him and what's not important. It takes us to a higher level of knowing that God has a plan for our life and what he requires of us. As a person, Proverbs will check you, but it also will pour oil on you. Proverbs will bless you. It says, when wisdom has entered into your heart and knowledge is pleasant to your soul, distressing shall preserve you and understanding will keep you. It's of grace. It matures you in such a way that you stay humble though you're growing because it lets you know you haven't arrived. There is still much to be learned. You haven't learned to even scratch the surface. Sometimes what we have learned as individuals, we learn more about church and how to do church 
rather than how to have a relationship with God through his word and through a prayer life. The closer you get to God through reading his word and learning his word and getting understanding in his word and a prayer life, the more effective you will be in the church. And you got to remember, when you do do it the way that God does it, the Bible says, and every man that strives for mastery is not crowned except he strive lawfully. You may rub people the wrong way. Not that you go and ask the people. I'm not talking about that. You may rub people the wrong way because they might say, you think you better than us. I'm just trying to do what the words say. You think you know all the answers. I'm only trying to say what God says. Didn't he say study to show ourselves approved unto God? A workman that don't need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. One of the things that Jesus did when he came on the scene as a leader was he taught the people the ways of God. It was important for him that people learn how God thinks. He went into the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes are chapters that deal with character. Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, all of those are Beatitudes. If you want to see where you lined up at, I'm not talking about Brother Willie Walker or Deacon Willie Jean or Sister Mary Lou. I'm talking about if you want to measure yourself where you're at, you got to go to the Beatitudes. And genuinely ask yourself, is I'm living by these principles? Or I know I'm not there yet. You see, the Beatitude checks us how kingdom mind people think. Jesus was talking about a kingdom when people love each other. Oh, it's hard thing. Because see, it's things that we've grown accustomed to. We became rough around the edges. There might have been a time when we were smiling and all was friendly with everybody, but then when something bites you and hurts you, you stop being friendly. Like one great minister said, you was underneath your mom all your life, and she hugged you and kissed you all the time, and then you went to school, and the boy inside the school looked at you and slapped you in your face and took your lunchbox and said, I don't like you, and he ate your sandwich. And you realized right then, this boy got a problem because you were sheltered by your mother. But the real world, this is how people think, y'all. It doesn't have to be that you did something to them. It's what's inside of individuals. Some people are not happy with themselves, so they're not going to like you. And then sometimes you don't know what's talking to these people. I'm always concerned when people always say, the Lord said, the Lord said, the Lord said, the Lord said, the Lord said. Let me tell y'all something. Hear me clearly. I've been around all different types of people and some powerful people. When you're around a, a, a person who have a keen ear for God, they don't always say the Lord, say the Lord, say the Lord, say the Lord. Say the Lord. Sometimes people say that because they want you not to challenge what they're saying, so they throw the Lord out there. God says a lot in his word. Only thing he tells us to do is live by his word. You don't have to tell people, the Lord said, 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 the Lord told me this, and the Lord told me That don't make you deeper. That make you look like a fool sometimes. Because if God doing that type of talking to you, something is wrong. Not that God is talking to you, something is wrong. But when you got to keep saying, the Lord said, the Lord said, didn't he give you a mind to think? God talks when he needs to say things. 
And sometimes you will learn that the prophets of old didn't have a lot to say. They was worshippers. They walked it with God. And when you ask them questions, men of God to this day, they will answer your questions, and they'll leave it alone. They're not always saying, the Lord said, the Lord said, the Lord said, the Lord said. Uh-uh. Because something, when God is really talking to people, you know what he's telling them to do? Pray. I need you to fast about this. I want you to pray about this. And he's not telling them to go to the mountaintop with a bullhorn and proclaim it to everybody. Uh-uh. God does things in quiet. Remember when the two men went into the temple to pray? One prayed and said, Lord, I thank you that I'm not like this man. I tithe, I pray, I do the fast. He told God how great he was, how great he was. He know, And so God didn't have eyes to see. This is what all I'm doing. Don't you see this, God? I'm not like this man. The other man went into the temple, and he couldn't even lift up his head as he prayed, Lord, be merciful to me. He began to share with God how he's not where he want to be at, but he wants God to forgive him and show him how to be a better person. That's what God looking for. Isn't it written that in Bible say a broken spirit and a contrite heart God will not despise? Sometimes the Bible reminds us that we got to always put each other in good memories for these things. We're not here to punch each other in the mouth with the word, y'all. We're here to build one another up. The word of God is something that you use as an instrument to encourage the saints. The book of Jude talk about contending for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. You use the word to go after the devil. Always understand how to use the word. Jesus used the word against the devil, not against the brothers and the sisters. And when the Pharisees came after him, he was said, is it not written in your law that it's supposed to be said? But when Jesus used the word to attack, it was always with the unbelievers or the religious people. In most cases, the believers, he didn't have a problem with believers. The people that fought Jesus the most was the religious people. They was religious because by works, they thought that made them closer to God. So when Jesus showed up quite naturally, he messed with their theology. He messed with them because to them, it's how hard you work bring you closer to God. To Jesus, it's not by works. It's with the heart. So what Jesus had to do was establish a single layer format. In the book of Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, he began to lay down the format of what the beatitude is all about. He didn't talk about titles. He didn't talk about riches. He didn't talk about the character, how great you are. He just talked about heavenly principles that make God notice people when they do these things. And then he lays the foundation. Therefore, I said unto you, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will show you what I would liken him to. He's like a man that built his house on a rock. And when the rain came and when the storms of life came and when it beat against his house, it stood because it was found against a rock. Therefore, whosoever hear these saying of mine and don't do them, I will show you what he's likening to. He's likening to a man that built his house upon the sand. And when the rain came and when the wind blew and the flood came, the house fell and great was the fall. He told you these are principles, foundation. That's what he's telling us. 
What do you mean by that, Jesus? If you live by these Beatitudes foundations, you will be like a person who built their house on a rock. If you don't live by these Beatitudes I just gave you, you are the man that built your house on the seashore. Folks, I can never forget it. To this day, you see people building homes next to the seashore, and they're losing them every year. And those hurricanes coming in stronger and stronger every single year. It is amazing to me that this Bible has been written 2,000 years ago, and Jesus tells us don't even naturally don't do that. It's not going to work. And here we are in 2018, and people still going out there building houses. I mean, what do you expect? You don't think that ocean is going to swallow that house up and pull it back out? Listen, you got to hear what Jesus is saying. All things are lawful, but all things are not expedient. So when you think about the leader, it is God that put his hand on a man and tells him who he is. In the book of Genesis, one of the last chapters of the book, we see Joseph, who was reconciled back with his family, and Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel, is about to die. And he tells all his sons, come to me. I'm going to tell all of you what your end should be. Man, this is powerful. Read Genesis chapter 49 when you get a chance and see what he has to say. He began to tell them about their future, who they are, what they did wrong, and he blessed them and he cursed them. And then after he did all that, he began to pray for Joseph's son. And when he got to Joseph's two sons, he crossed his arm. He put his left hand on the older son and his right hand of approval on the youngest son. When Joseph tried to change his hand, he said, no. He said, the eldest has served the younger. He wasn't just talking about right then and there. He's talking about their offspring. Folks, what you do now is changing the future of your kids. You got to understand every seed that you've ever sown into God has not gone unmembered, has not gone unnoticed. God realized what you have done. He realizes this. So the seed that you sow today is going to come up tomorrow, and you don't know how it's going to come up. You really don't, but you got to keep on sowing. You got to keep on sowing. There's something you can talk about that God is doing, some things you can't shut up, be quiet. Don't talk about everything that God is doing. In your life spiritually, you got to be quiet. You got to enjoy the moment and keep it between you and Jesus. Keep it real between you and Jesus. Because as you keep it real between you and Jesus, the only person going to get mad is the devil. The devil is going to get angry, but it's nothing he can do. Because you have this fellowship that you build with God. And over the process of you building this relationship with God, you're exercising your faith in God. And when you continue to exercise your faith in God, God sees it, and then he begins to gradually develop you and strengthen those parts in your body that you need, like an athlete. I'm hoping that whatever you do in life, that you allow God to continue to get you into a place where he can develop you at, because development is very important for where God is taking any leader at. I was talking with a dear friend of mine, and as we were talking today, uh, we were sharing about how people have great gifts, 
powerful gift. I mean, they can prophesy up and down your backside. But their character and decision-making that they do, how they handle people, is very, very low. Very low. And it will blow you away. It's like seeing a great athlete who could do anything he wants to on the basketball court. But then you see him go off into a tantrum and get attacked. And you say, why would you do that? You just cost them the game. Great as your ability is. I love Steph Curry. And I wanted to think I've seen Steph Curry did. Now, he's a good guy. Steph Curry is a really good guy. He got upset on the call, and when he got mad, he took his mouthpiece out, and he threw it, and the referee gave him a text. I'm not sure if he threw him out of the game or not, because you're not allowed to do that. But whatever happened, he wanted the referee to set the foul call. You didn't call foul. <laughs> Sometimes we all get out of character. We can get out of character. But when you're walking into a place when God is developing you, to be a leader, you may not, in most cases, you may not even know it. You can have the gifts. Remember, saints, gifts don't mean that you are a leader. You could preach the paint off the wall, but that don't mean you are a leader. The leader has the character, the pause. The leader loves the people just like God would. The leader will get into a place that if they reject God, he feel like they rejected him like Samuel. Samuel is one of the greatest illustrations of a leader that you will see. I mean, this man was special, y'all. When you look at Samuel, he didn't get there overnight. There was a process that God had to take Samuel through in order for him to be the man that God wanted him to be. And I want to show you something. If you go to Samuel chapter 14, I want first Samuel chapter 14, I want to show you something about Samuel that God said about Samuel. And so when you see this, it's very important because he had that heart. This man of God had a hard task. He had to be the one that go to Saul. And he had to be the one that God would show him what he must do. And I'm going to tell you something. When you're called by God, it's a hard thing. Um, so let's look at this. Let's go further back into Samuel. Um, let's look at Samuel chapter 8. And that's when Samuel got old. So I want to go further back to near 1 Samuel. Let's go back to 1 Samuel. And when we go back to further back to chapter Three. First Samuel chapter three, and I want to show you something. First Samuel chapter three and verse nineteen. And the Bible said, and Samuel grew. It wasn't overnight, y'all. He's talking about his character. And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and did let none of his words fall to the ground. Listen, y'all. Samuel was someone who God had to continue to develop. And if you look at it to time, as time go on, he had to grow into that thing. And as God began to teach him something, Samuel was one that God can trust with his word. So whatever Samuel said, the Bible said God didn't let none of his words fall to the ground. 
Can God trust you with his word like that? Listen, y'all, the only person I saw that was like that, it's a few people, but one that come to mind that was like that was Elijah. Elijah said, according to my word, it's not going to rain. There's a certain individual, when they said something, you knew it was going to come to pass. That's happy when God can trust you that when you open your mouth, it will not fall to the ground. In other words, your words won't be weak. You ever met somebody who had power in their word? They could just say something to you. You know that word had power behind it when they say it. When you run into someone who got power in their words, let me explain what happened, how they got that. First of all, it's the Lord that gave that to them. But they had to go through something, some hard times, to get that type of power in their words. There are things that you would never imagine that you wouldn't want to see that they had to endure to have those type of strength. God don't trust anybody with power in their words like that. Now, people can have power in their teaching, power in their preaching, but power in their words, when they open their mouth, people get healed. When they open their mouth, folks get delivered in their spirit. Chains fall off them. Things are broken and shackled. You get what I'm saying? They begin to fall loose on them because of the words that God has put in their belly. It was a God move. Then you got those who God used through the preaching of his word as they preach the word of God. It brings liberty to the hearers. And then you got those who God raised up. They have a prophetic word in their mouth that oh, they open their mouth prophetically it ministered. One of the things that God wanted to do was with his people was prophetically lead them. You read the Old Testament. The one that was leading the people was the prophet of old. It was always the prophet that led God's people. When Israel came to Samuel and said, you're getting old and your family don't walk in your way, your son, give us a king. Samuel was hurt. And he was so hurt, God said, it's not you, Sam, that they rejected. It's me. It was a prophet that led Israel out and brought him in. God always has a prophet. When he called Abraham out, what did he call Abraham? A prophet. When the king took Sarah away from Abraham and God visited that king in his dream, he said, if you touch that man's wife, you are a dead man. He said, Lord, did not I know in my innocence? I didn't know that was his wife. He told me it was a sister. I didn't touch her, and the Lord said, that's why I forbid you from touch. He said, return the man to his wife, and he will pray for you, for he is a prophet. He was a prophet, y'all. God has always used the prophetic word. Now, by me saying that, let me also say this. The prophet can miss the Lord, too, but you want to be careful who is speaking the prophetic word in your life. Because we learned as time went on, some people could have the gift. They are prophets, but they can be out of order at that time in their life. Because we remember the man that came to um, Naaman, the prophet that came to Naaman. This man of God went to Naaman, who had Israel worshiping all these idols, and he prophesied against the idol, and he told the idol, the stones, that bones would be burnt on him, and this would be the sign that's going to fall over, and blah, 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 blah. 
and it happened because the king went to go grab him, his hand withered up, and he prayed for him, his hand straightened back out. And then there was an old prophet in that town, the Bible said, and his sons saw what had happened when the man of God had spoken this and the sign and the miracle that followed. And they went back and told their daddy what happened. And their daddy said, which way did he go? And the daddy chased that man of God down. Now, God already had told that prophet, don't, don't, don't you eat in that place. Don't you come back the same way you go. Get out of there. Once you Listen, y'all, obedience is more acceptable than your sacrifice. Always remember that. God respects the man or the woman that would obey what he say to do. And that prophet, old prophet, chased that man of God down. And he told him, I, he said, come back and eat with me, so I can't. The Lord told me don't come back, not to eat, not to do. See, there's something we got to start talking about, what God told us. We need to set up sometimes. You know what that man told that man of God? He said, the Lord talked to me too, and he told the angel to tell me, to tell you to come back. The Lord told an angel to tell me to tell you to come back. And he didn't hear God for himself. If God brought you all the way to that king, he don't know how to get you back out of there when he told you don't sit, don't eat, don't do nothing. You think God has lied? And that man went back with that old prophet, and he sat down, and he broke bread, and he ate with him. And he had some ham hocks mashed potatoes, what they call that, macaroni and cheese, collard greens. Man, he ate fried chicken. Man, they ate. And after they got finished eating, that old prophet prophesied to him. He said, thus says the Lord, because you did not hearken to my voice, you're not going to make it back. Can you imagine that, y'all? He got trapped. Because he didn't obey what God told him to do. Let me say this to all of y'all. This go to me too. If God says something in his word, you better believe what God said in his word. Don't you let nobody put a question mark in your head where God put a period at. Eve did that, and look where we're at right now. Adam willingly disobeyed, but Eve let the devil put a question mark where there was a period. And she listened to it. You better make sure that you hear God for yourself in this day and hour. Are you hearing me? Read your Bible, get on your knees, seek God's face, and cry out to God. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his ways and the ungodly man his, his thoughts. Let him return to all God. God wants us to cry out to him. This is the hour that we cry out to. There are strange things going on, y'all. I've never seen strange things like this in my lifetime. And I'm only 13 years old. <laughs> anyway, I've never seen things happen like this in my lifetime. These are strange days we're living in. But I do notice what God's been sharing with me. He said this is the perfect time to seek me. These are the perfect time to do a fast. This is the perfect time to buckle down and get in your word. There's a lot of things going on around us, y'all. Men are moving to and fro. People are talking about money, economy, business opportunity, how to move fast. Everything's moving fast. 
Every time you turn around, things are moving fast. And within me, I have to sit back and ask myself the question, where is the power that we are known and we're familiar with it? We know that God wants us to have in this hour. For me, there's a question of power that God keeps pulling on me, tugging on me. And a lot of time with all of us, he said, you got to come closer to me. And it takes a stronger sacrifice than you think it is. You're going to have to slow down and eat that one meal a day. You're going to have to read that Bible wherever God got you studying that. For me, it's in Proverbs. Get in that Proverbs. Learn my mind the way I think. Because if it's every day and time that we need the instructions of God, it is in this hour. My God, my God. Solomon left a tool with us that God has given him. That is the book of Proverbs. And go into your Psalms and read the melody of what God is telling you in this hour. He's a God of character. The way things are happening in this world make me long to go to heaven. I yawn and long to go home to be with the Lord. I don't want to see the Lord wipe out the earth because I know it's still people that God is saving in this hour. But I long to be with God. Because I want to be in that place where it's peaceful at. Around the angels, when you see the angels in the presence of God, just saturate all throughout heaven. The saints of old are there, and they're young. They don't look old. I want to be around where I can see the rivers of water, the lake that is crystal clear. The tree of life is also there. The golden gates, the city, my God. When you think about what God has prepared for us, and then he gives us an IQ that we lost, everything that you didn't know when you forget things, you won't have a senior moment in there. Because everybody there is young. They're the age of Jesus or young kids. They're kids in heaven. They're people at the age of Jesus that's in heaven. But there is no old men in heaven. No. That's the sin nature that was of the body on the earth. There is no old men in heaven. God has blessed us as people of God. So I want to again present this to you. Put star eight if you would like to say something. I will ask Will if he would like to say something at this time. And just come in and then I'm going to say a few more words and then I'm going to get out your way. Will, if you're there, my friend, if you would like to let the people know what they can do if they want to say something. And uh, we want you to hear your report. If any of you want to say something, don't be shy. God lay something on your heart. We talk about leadership the spirit of a leader that God is making in this day and hour. Because I know God is making leaders. He is making leaders, folks. And when he makes leaders, he called them, and then he began to develop them because he needs them for a certain time. And you got to move. You could be a leader, but you got to wait until the time when God calls you to move forth into leadership. I'm not talking about titles and position, y'all. Every time we hear leaders, it's not about a title. You could be a leader in your community, in your home. That's where it starts at. On your job, that's where it has to be known at, too. Do you ever realize when they were chose to choose the people to wait on the table, they gave a certain criteria? Let's go to Acts chapter 6 and look at that you begin to see what type of criteria they need out there when they're talking about leaders. Acts chapter 6. 
You guys know it. You've heard it before. Well, yes, sir. You want to say something, Will? Oh, shoot. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah I'm loving when I'm here, man. I know one thing. <laughs> you definitely love to talk. Well, you dropping this science. And people, please push star rate. Don't be scared or bashful. You're a leader, too. You just don't know it yet. Or if you do know it, you just being, what, shy? You just don't want to do it? I don't get it. I don't know. It ain't all about that. Let's find out. It's the New Year's 2018. And here on this network, we practice freedom of speech, freedom to grow, and freedom to learn and know. All I ask y'all to do is be real, be safe, and be ready. Now, please tell a friend that has a friend that knows another friend to dial this number, 724-444-7444. Put the PIN number in, 143-906-POUND. Wait a second, then push one pound into the show and start eight to talk. This is Martin Luther King's Holiday and we doing it big. God bless you. Back to you, brother. Amen. I'm looking at Acts chapter 6, verse 2. And the twelve called the multitude, the disciples, unto them, and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Here it is, y'all. Wherefore look you out among you seven men. Here is the character they were looking for. Of an honest report, truth, mercy and truth, full of the Holy Ghost the presence of God, and wisdom. Who may appoint over this business? Guys, that's three things. Men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost, and wisdom. Honest report, full of the Holy Ghost, and wisdom. Honest report, full of the Holy Ghost, and wisdom. Three type of characteristics that God said that he wanted, that these leaders were looking for, who they put. And listen what happened when you point people like that into these positions. Uh, verse 6. And when they had set them before the apostles, whom they had prayed, and they laid their hands on them, they set them in front of the people and the apostles, they put their hands over them, they prayed over them. This is how you appoint a leader. It should never be secret, and nobody knows. And they walk up, who you think you were giving all this order? Well, you know that so-and-so now. He's the head of, nobody told nobody nothing. When did this happen? It's to be done open, not in secret. Verse 7, and the word of God, listen to this, y'all, increased it. And numbers of disciples multiplied in Jerusalem. What increased? Numbers of disciples, not just people coming to church. Numbers of disciples. The word disciple comes from a small word called discipline. Numbers of disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly because they put men in position that was honest, full of the Holy Ghost, and had wisdom. It's no gimmick to it. It's no trick. That's all you need, those characteristics. And they prayed over them, and they appointed them. This report, full of the Holy Ghost, and God wisdom. What are we looking for in these days and times? This is what God looked for when he looked for in the leader. The apostles were filled with the Holy Ghost when he said, this is what they must have. And the word of God increased, and numbers of disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly. 
and great company of priests, the priests, was obedient to the faith. And I love verse 8. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. You don't hear me. Full of faith and power did great wonders and miracles among the people. I got it. So you had, listen, man, men and women of God, you had the apostles who were some bad boys. And then when they chose the people, seven men that was honest, that had full of the Holy Ghost and had wisdom, and they appointed them in leadership to deal with the tables. Out of that came a man named Stephen. The Bible said what he did was Stephen was full of faith. He had faith. But guess what else he had? Power. And did great wonders and miracles among the people. You tell me God ain't bad. Listen. The, the, The apostles were still alive. And Stephen was doing work, too, with them. You don't hear me. They was using these young men, and they let God have his way. And the people, disciples, grew. Folks, that's what I'm talking about. This is what we call a corporate anointing. It's not a pyramid. See, the pyramid is just we only think one person got the anointing. All of God's people got an anointing. When he saved you the day that he saved you, he sealed you with his spirit. And then he put his spirit in you and he will fill you with his spirit. And then when you do ministry, his spirit will come upon you. God is a bad boy, man. Are you hearing me? Are there anybody out there, just put star eight, anybody want to share something about leaders? Anything, just want to share something. Because God raises up leaders all the time. And I believe that there's a lot of leaders out there, and I believe a lot of you are leaders, but sometimes we get to the point that we don't want to step on nobody's toes. We don't want to think that we're exalting ourselves. Because sometimes when you start moving forward, some people push you back and say, oh, no, you ain't going to take my position. Get back down there, who you think you is. Oh, you can't do that. Somebody else got to do that. And that kills the spirit of that person to drive. Now, believe me, everything got to be done decently in order. But you don't want the spirit of someone to be killed. You know what I'm saying? And so when you're dealing with that, you got to deal with knowing that sometimes God is just moving people and he's stirring up you. I, I believe that as we move forward from all the things we're hearing in the politics world and all, Everything that is happening this far, don't get discouraged, saints. This is the hour that God is calling you to buckle down in his word. He don't want you to go do nothing crazy, go out here and try to do something new that's under the sun. No, he wants you to get into neology. He wants you to get into his word. He wants you to hear when you go to church on Sunday with a tent of ear what the pastor is sharing to the body of Christ. Where is the church moving at this time as the man of God share the word or the woman of God share the word from the pulpit? Listen to what the pastor is saying. 
Go back and study on what the pastor said. Don't just come into church and get happy and shout and run all over the church and do all this. Shut down. You know, it's hard to feed the excited baby. That baby trying to get, if the baby's so excited, it's hard to stick the milk in the bite of the baby's mouth. It's so excited. Then the baby starts crying, because hey, we can't get no milk. It's so excited. You want to calm down. Hear what's being said. Walk with God. This is an opportunity that I'm encouraging you. Let us pray for one another. When saints come across your mind, pray for them, y'all. Friends, family, pastors, pray for them. Leaders in your church, pray for them. We got to pray and cover them. They need our prayers, y'all. They can't do it themselves. They need us. They need us to pray them through. And believe you me, they can feel the prayers of the saints when you're praying for your leaders, your pastors. They can feel those prayers. You got to keep praying for them because the enemy is trying to attack them. They are the leaders of the body of Christ in the church. They want to attack them in their homes and other places to shut them down so that the whole body of Christ can't get a word. So we must pray for leaders. We must pray for our government. Pray for our government. You may not always agree with everything that's going on, but saints, please pray for those that have leadership and authority over you. Pray for our government. Pray that they will make the right decision in office. Pray that God will give them the wisdom to pass the right legislation that needs to be passed. Pray that they will make the right decision and make a law decision. Pray for them. Pray for them. The devil likes confusion at that level. The Bible said God is not the author of confusion. God is a God of order. Pray for the corporate body of Christ. We got to pray for each other. Stop tearing each other down. We know we're not in the right place. All of us can see each other's weakness. If you're around your brothers and sisters, you see their weakness. So I know you're going to see other people weakness in the church, but pray for them. Pray for TV ministry. Pray for those people. They need prayer. Pray for them. Pray that God will raise up street evangelism people again who got a heart to win the loss on the streets, on their jobs, wherever they may be, and they're traveling. Pray for God to raise up leaders. God needs these leaders everywhere, y'all. He needs them in the bus station, the train station, the airport. He needs them on the scepter, all over. He needs leaders, their life. And as an example, as they sing melody in their heart to the Lord, that they carry the oil of God on their life, that people may say, I want what you got. What do you have? He ain't got Johnny Walker, that's for sure. And he don't have Mad Dog 2020. And he don't got Old English 800. He got the spirit of the Lord on him. He don't got crack, and he ain't got this funny-smelling marijuana they got out here that everybody's smoking and tripping on. You want the spirit of God that brings peace and liberty, that gives you a high that surpasses all understanding, 
that cleanses you when you come into his presence. When you walk in your house or in your bedroom and you lift up your hands and you just worship in God and you feel God's presence came in that room with you and you just keep on saying, hallelujah, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. God, I honor you. I thank you for your presence. Thank you for your angels that kept over and watched over me as I worked to work. Thank you for watching me as I drove down the street in my car. When I went to the market, you was with me. When I had to go to work, you was with me. When I went and traveled places, you was with me. God, thank you for covering me, for being seen and unseen. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord, for watching over my son. Thank you, Lord, for watching over my daughters. Thank you, Lord, for watching over my grandchildren. Thank you, Lord, for watching over my siblings. When you give God the honor in every aspect of your life, he hears that. Talk to God. Angels is around you. Don't look at what's going on. As one great prophet said, Elijah said, Elisha said to, to his servant, Lord, open his eyes. Let him know that it's more that's with us than that is against us. Because sometimes when you look at what the enemy is doing, it seems like you say, where is God at? Is he still on the throne? We need to pray, Lord, open our eyes. Let us see that it's more that's with us than that is against us. We got to know, I'm telling y'all, God is with you. He's with you. But you got to just tap back into him. He ain't going nowhere. He is the source of all power. I'm telling you. It was a show that was called He-Man. Boy, I love me some He-Man. But I loved it the most. My favorite part, when he get that sword and he would stretch it up to the heavens and he would pull it back down, he said, I have the power. I loved it, me some He-Man. He-Man was my man, man. He-Man came. It's going to be all right. So let me say this to you. God is our He-Man. When you go to the book of Psalm chapter 1, and he shall be like the river planted by the living waters. And whatsoever he do shall prosper. You know, he want to make you that Psalm chapter 1, He-Man. That's what he's looking for. God is looking for a He-Man. And not just a He-Man, a He-Woman. God is looking for people who carry the Spirit of God on them. We don't have long saints. We're not going to be here on this earth forever. None of us going to be here 200 years, 250 years. You don't have that long. We have a short time on this earth. The Bible said, what is your life? What is your life? Even as a vapor, which appears for a moment, and then is gone. I want you to know that God is with you, saints. He cares about you. He gives instructions and laws, and he lays down principles. He's a God of integrity. When you meet him and he show up, the atmosphere before you come into his presence, physically see him, you will feel the change of the atmosphere all around you before he shows up. Because when he show up, baby, it's on. You can't do nothing but fall down and your knees begin to buckle. He is king of kings and lord of lords. He never had to go to school to get a degree because that's beneath him. He don't need a degree. <laughs> he don't need money because he makes gold. He makes gold. He makes 
diamonds. He make all type of precious stones. He don't need money. What God need money for? He know where all the diamond is at, all the gold is at, all the treasures is at. He don't need none of this stuff. He gives it to us for toys to play with. He don't need that. The Bible said the earth is the Lord and the fullest thereof, and they that dwell therein. Everything is his. He said if he was hungry, he wouldn't let us know anyway. God is a sustainer of men and women. He can sustain you in whatever you've gone through, whatever battles you have in your life. It may seem like the world is crushing in on you and breaking you down, but he will scratch you and sustain you and build you up. He will carry you on the wings of eagles. When he get ready to move, God moves. You can be in a situation for years, and God said, today is a new beginning for you. You will no longer go this route and do this way. This day you're going forth. He told Israel, he said, you have come past about this mountain long enough. I'm taking you all out of this. Forty years is up. You can move forward now. And when God moved you forth, beloved, Know that it's he that's doing it because he cares for you. I love you and I care for you. If there's anyone that would like to say anything, you're more than happy to say something. I love you. I'm your brother in Christ. I only got one thing that I love doing. I love encouraging the body of Christ. I love encouraging God's people. And when we come together on church Sunday, we thank God that we can socialize and fellowship with one another. And then the week coming, we got to go our separate ways and everybody doing other things. But know this for sure, Brother Calvin loves you. If I don't see you, just know that I love you. and I appreciate all of you, who you are. You are fearfully and wonderfully created by God. You are special to God. None of us, God, is overlooked. He loves you and he loves me. He loved that sinner man who's messed up, that person that's messing with drugs, the person that's messing with crack, whatever it might be, on alcohol, the homosexual who's giving away their body. He loves them. God don't love me more than he loved that homosexual. I mean, he don't love me more than he would love the homosexual. He loves all of us. God loves people, y'all. It's the devil that put men into captivity and bring them down and keep them there. God is concerned about their souls. You will be surprised at the power that's in people who made wrong choices and the devil holding them into captivity, and they were supposed to be the one at this time making a change in the earth, but they caught up into drugs, illicit sex, alcohol, homosexuality, pride, unforgiveness. Contention, all these things he got people chained up in. And God wants them to come out. He said, Come forth and come out. He wants you to come out of this thing because he's pulling on you because you're the one he's calling at this time. Remember what we said earlier in Second Chronicles 16 9 for the eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the whole world to show himself strong on the behalf of those whose heart, their spirit, is perfect towards him. He wants you to come to him. One verse said, look unto me all you ends of the earth and be saved. God wants us to look to him. 
He's looking for, he don't care who he is. Sometimes people think, now listen, y'all, some people's gift is more developed than others. I ain't lying about that. They got that gift. You can too if you exercise it long enough. If you walk and you keep exercising it. But then you got to try to ask yourself, what is it that God calling me to really do? Is God calling me to operate and work in a miracle? Is God calling me to do laying on hands? Is God calling me to speak the word? Sometimes we get on people because all they talk, they talk. That's all. they just a talker. I'm not a talker. I do action. Faith without works is dead. But we need the talkers to speak into people's lives. When you hear the man of God preach on Sunday, he's talking. He's proclaiming the word of God. We don't want him to shut up. I want my pastor to preach. Let that anointed flow. Bring it, pastor. We need that word. I ain't going to say, oh, he's just talking. No. When he's anointed and he's moving, God moving, let God move. Move. Go, pastor. Cheer him on. Encourage him. And then we got others got the gift of helping hands to help, to serve. That is their calling. And they are anointed to do it. They are anointed. They'll do it on any given day. They'll be going around in their car, they stop. And help somebody. It's in them. That is a gift. But we don't want the person who do the helping to attack the person that's talking. And we don't want the person that's talking to attack the person that's helping. And then you got those that got the gift of administrating. They can build. They got ideals. Things come to them naturally. It's easy. What we might be scratching our head on, I'm anointed to talk. But my God, how are we going to figure this out? Somebody else walk in, they anointed to put it together. They got anointed spiritual engineer ability. Then look at it, they say, oh, let's easy. Just put this here, put the thing here, the PowerPoint here, boom, 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 boom. And you be like, how did you do that? Do what? I don't think I did it. Do da, 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 da. To them, it's nothing. <laughs> because they anointed to do that. All these things we talk about is leaders. You got people who can go into a church or a community, and after being there for a while, they they call them troubleshooters. They can go in there and see the problem and fix it, just like that in the community. Oh, I know what y'all need. Let's build a, a playground right here, and let's put up a community thing. They can rally people together. Let's get all knock on the doors, get the older mothers to come out and have a day where all the older mothers can share with the younger people about life. Get all the men together, have a day where we can do something called nuts and bolts day for mechanic or whatever. Let men teach young men skills, how to do things. Set up a workshop on this certain time of the summertime. We got all the men who are going to teach mechanic, carpentry, electronics, computer. For all the men on the block, we're going to set it down and have these men that got wisdom in mechanic, carpentry, computer, electronics, and let them show these men these younger men, how to do these things, and might spark a fire in the younger men to pursue that. And then appoint them as mentors over these young men. The same thing with the ladies. Let's get these ladies who can teach ladies who might know how to do hairdressing, may know how to work computers, may got management skills, economic skills, no law. Teach these young ladies about law. All these things for that week. And just be a blessing to your community. You don't know what God is calling you to do. 
And here you come up with these ideas and you ask, Mr. Stone, so I know you're real good at working on cars. What type of work did you do? Was you a carpenter or a mechanic? What was your profession? You never know out of that one week of bringing that block together and asking people from all over, give out flyers to come on that block to do that, give food to the people, ask everybody, can you bring food, Mother Salsa? Can you make the hot sauce, Mother Salsa? Can you work the grill? They just bless the community. Potato salad, if you did that in your block, people would never forget you. The young people will always call you blessed, and they will always remember you. A young man who had no hope, who thinks that he's about to go sell drugs and get high and keep going down this danger road, you gave him a way out. You introduced him to Mr. Leroy. Mr. Leroy used to look at him and say, that nigga ain't going nowhere. He ain't nothing. But now that Leroy realized he needs this boy, he realized this boy needs help. He needed a father, not a judge. That young lady needed help. She needed a mother in her life, not someone to put her down. Now she can dress different. Now she may go back to college. We need these people. We got all these jewels and diamonds in our neighborhood. We need the administrator to put it together and bring us together and set things in order, and that is the anointing. And then you can invite them to come out to your church. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And then they want to come to your church because that guy who that man used to look at, you find out he's a deacon or he's a Holy Ghost-filled man of God. That mother who helped that young lady realized that she was a mother of the church. She can help that young lady. Now God is drawing people to himself. Isn't it amazing? God said in Proverbs 8.12, Proverbs 8.12, I wisdom draw with prudence, and to give you the mind of the wisdom, the witty invention, I wisdom draw with prudence, and to give you the mind of the witty invention. Proverbs 11.30, the fruit of the righteous is the tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. Proverbs 16.1. Um, when we go to preparation of the heart of man and the answer to tongue is from the Lord. All these scriptures that's in the Proverbs to teach us instruction. Proverbs 18.1. Preparation of Proverbs 18.1 says, Through desire a man having separated himself and seeketh and to mingle with all wisdom. So remember this Proverbs 16.1, the preparation of the heart of man. And the answer to the tongue is from the Lord. Proverbs, I think it's Proverbs 22, verse 1. A good name is rather to be chosen in great riches and love and favor rather than silver and gold. God want us in this hour. Are you looking at your neighborhood go down? Start writing it. Get that notebook. Write down these ideals, what you've heard. God put things in your spirit. You already know what you're supposed to do. Write it down. Me and my boys, when we get together, one of my buddies, quite a few of them, some of them, they bring, when we come together, they bring the tablet with us because they're writing down so many things that might come to their mind, and then they're hearing thoughts that they might jot down too. The Bible tells us, write the vision and make it plain upon table, so he that readeth may run, for the vision is at a point in time, so it tarries, wait on it. 
for it will surely come to pass. I think that was Habakkuk chapter 3. We got to go back and get these people. Because in Habakkuk, he said, I will stand upon my watch and wait to see what the Lord was saying to me. And the Lord answered and said unto me, write the vision and make it plain upon table. For he that readeth it may run. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. So we tarry, wait on it, for it would surely come to pass. Thanks. We love you. We thank God for you. At this time, I just want to say if anybody wants to say something, they can. Will, if you did, you could come in. I'm about to bring this under. This is a great day. We talk about Dr. King's legacy, what he left. When people talk about the dream of King, we reflect back on the past because if we, without the past, we wouldn't be where we're at. But it's still more ground to take. Always remember that, y'all. When Joshua was dying, God told Joshua in chapter 1, as I was with Moses, even so shall I be with you. I will not fail you nor forsake you. Everywhere your foot would tread, I'm going to give it to you. He said, no man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Hear me, saints of God. He's saying it to you. You are the Joshua generation. As he was with Moses, he will be with you. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. You know what that means? They won't stop you. The devil won't be able to use the sinners to stop you for what God is telling you to do and produce in the earth. Everywhere your feet will go, you will have it. And I love it when he told Joshua was dying. He said, there's still much more land to possess. Go possess the land. Possess the earth. The Bible said, and the saints of the most high shall possess the earth forever and ever. That's what John said. The saints of the most high. We win. No devil going to stop us. We got it all. He know we're going to win. You don't think the devil read the end of that book? He know we win. Do you know we won? Do you know we won this battle? That's all I'm going to tell you. I'm not going to say it no more. I love you. I appreciate you. Let me just pray this prayer. If there's anybody listening to me underneath the sound of my voice, you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I want to challenge you in this moment to repeat this prayer after me that we might invite you to the body of Christ. We are a body. We're full of many members. We are different colors, different ethnicity, different races all over the world. That is us, the children of God. We came from different educational backgrounds, different history, but yet we are the sons and daughters of God. At this time, if you would like to be one of us, I want you to come into the spiritual family that God has destined for us. Repeat after me. Say, oh, God, be merciful unto me, a sinner. Wash me and cleanse me in the blood of the Lamb. Create in me a clean heart. Renew within me the right spirit and write my name in the land book of God. Holy Spirit, come into my heart and become Lord and Master 
my soul. This day, I rededicate my life to Jesus Christ as my Lord and as my Savior. This day, I am a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for everyone that's underneath the sound of our voice. I pray that you will saturate them in your spirit, God. Move by your spirit. Lay your hands upon them. Deal with them, Lord, as they read your word. Make known yourself to them in dreams and vision, God. Open up their spiritual world to them that you will have for them, God, in a relationship. Let them feel your presence, Lord. Comfort them with your word. When they read your word, God, let your word come open to them. Let it be truth and life to them and grace to the hearers. God, we bless these people, God. We pray for them, Lord. We pray for their husbands. We pray for their wives. We pray for their children. We pray for their grandchildren. We pray for their great-grandchildren. We pray for their friends. We pray for their family. In the name of Jesus, God, cover all of us. Let no weapon be formed against us. Break every curse, every witchcraft, what the devil meant for evil in our life. Use it for your good. Anoint us afresh. I speak the Psalm chapter 91 over all of our lives. I speak the Psalm chapter 90 over all of us. God, we speak the word of Proverbs chapter 3 over our lives. God, make us like Psalm chapter 1. God, give us the heart of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. God, give us the spirit of Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. Show us how to walk in these things and be obedient children to you, God. So when we stand before you, you can say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. You were faithful over little things, but now I'm going to make you faithful over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. God, you say the joy of the Lord is our strength. Be our strength, God. Be our healer, Lord. Be our deliverer, Father, in the name of Jesus. Move by your spirit right now, God. In our lives, no matter what we've heard, greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Our God is an awesome God. You rule from heaven above. In the name of Jesus, God, move by your spirit. And we say thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Brother Will, come on back in, brother. I done prayed with the people. You can share some information with us and bring us on home. Well, people, people, I see y'all in the building. I see y'all never left, and I know you got a beautiful, beautiful sermon tonight. And it was so encouraging because it's needed, especially on a day like this. Martin Luther King holiday, a birthday also of my father. Yeah, my father passed away in 1982, and my mother passed away in 1984. And people to this day can't figure out how in the world can this boy walk around with his head up and don't act like nothing wrong. Hey, Jesus. <laughs> Look, <laughs> y'all have to figure that one out later. But if y'all are actually leaders and you don't know it yet, take time to look in the mirror. You are here for a reason. Everything happens for a reason. Sometimes we don't like the reasons why they happen, but I guess it's a test to keep us or learn to keep our face like Flint because we can be distracted. We can get caught up 
in the moment because it seems like that's what it's all about now from what my understanding is. Everything's all about a moment. You have a moment to think and you have a moment to react. What's your reaction from what you heard today? In all cases, a moment. But um, again, this is Sound City Radio, and I tell you like I never tell you before, we practice freedom of speech, freedom to grow, and freedom to learn and know. All I ask y'all to do is just be real, be safe, and be ready. Now, tune in tonight, right? Because Mr. On Point, the other radio station that I, you know, Relax with called On Point Radio. He's doing a show tonight. And his topic is about, you know, he wants to talk about more than a king with a dream. How much do we really know Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.? We know he had a dream. What are we doing to make his dream come true? We know he was religious. But what about that other side? We know he exercised nonviolence, but do we know why? We know he led marches and stood for civil rights, but so what? So did many others. You know why he's standing was just as a firm. We know he was a leader, but who did this leader follow and why? So they're talking tonight, and the topic, you know, Again, is under the you know the show called Straight Talk with Mr. On Point, better known as Mr. Controversy. We call him Self Unknown. To dial the number seven two four 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 seven four 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 because all these shows are on TalkShoe.com. That's www.TalkShoe.com. But his pin number for tonight is one four three one three three pound. Now and again, that's just one thing that's going on. See, there's a lot of things going on all over the city as of now and probably being completed as of now also. But they might turn up tonight. So, again, on this network called BevNet, with Brother O, better known as Ngozi, and DJ Philly Joy, um, he's having a special tonight. And it's it's their fifth annual celebration and tribute of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King at 10 o'clock. Now, don't forget, On Point Radio, Straight Talk will be happening at 9 o'clock tonight. But BevNet starts at 10. And basically what he's going to do is play a lot of stuff that Martin Luther King was saying way back in the day and have a discussion. So his PIN number is 145-234-POUND. And he's usually on the show, better known as Joy to the World with DJ Philly Joy. But tonight, they're doing a special. So, again, people, I don't know what y'all into or what y'all like to do, but there's a lot of different things you can do while it's still cold outside. You can still have fun. Now, um, this is one other thing I got to give y'all, and that's music. Because I got to fall out, but I like to fall out with the right music. So why not say and know that he's mighty to save? Because if you ain't saved now, can you get saved later? Let's find out. Mm-hmm. 
Tune in tomorrow with Brother Leonard. Oh, Lord, he got something for y'all tomorrow. Matter of fact, he said it to me, and I'm going to see if I can find it real quick before I go. 
because this topic is real interesting. He says we'll be discussing the five crowns that you will be rewarded for living an outstanding life upon earth. However, how you live it. We'll decide that. <laughs> and rewards and rewards. What are you building in heaven? So tune into his show tomorrow. How you living? It's gonna be at five o'clock, y'all. I mean, this is gonna be some very interesting shows and different things is gonna be happening in your life that you're gonna be able to see and some things is gonna be strange and some things are not gonna be pleasant and some things you're just gonna be out of this out of this world. We see we already being tested. You notice they got the, the alarms going on and that wasn't a pleasant situation for the people in Hawaii. But imagine if it was in the city of Philadelphia. What would you do? So you better learn how to be a leader. Until then, <laughs> I'll see you in church. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, when I say out, it means obviously you talk. So who's out? Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.